got a lot to say about the world I occupy every day. But when I say what's on my mind, I find I piss people off. You're listening to Wet the Folk, real talk and raw tunes for revelationary times. I'm Joy Damiani. I'm Sarah Baranowskis. And on this episode of What the Folk, we are just kind of catching up with each other after a unplanned-ish hiatus because uh, we both have lives that required our attention. It turns out that happens. I'm sure uh, nobody listening knows what that is like, especially not during times like these. So for this episode, we're just having some conversations about, you know, our lives and the world around us and our impressions of what's going on and, um, you know, how we're kind of personally and collectively dealing with it. And uh, we're going to start things off with a song by one of my new favorite groups, Ned and Wendy the Band, who uh, I met here in Portland And if you are in town, you should check them out. They play a lot. The next time uh, with me is going to be on August 17th at the White Eagle in Portland here. And it's also going to feature another wonderful songwriter I've recently met, Danny Love. That is going to be a really good time. I'm going to be re-releasing my last uh, studio album. I say studio, even though it was kind of recorded by me all over the country. (laughs) I never released this album live and in person because pandemic. So I'm really excited about getting a chance to do that and getting a chance to share the evening with these wonderful folks. When we recorded this episode, we didn't know which music we were going to feature. And then by the time uh, I was listening back to it and realizing that we just kind of bared our entire souls here in this next 25 minutes or so, uh, I thought this song would be perfect and, um, and I really hope that we can all embrace vulnerability in our lives. As always, if you like what you're hearing here on What the Folk, please give us a like or a star or five stars or whatever the hell we do these days. Please do that. Um, We're not asking for your money yet. We're too busy to set up a Patreon right now. (laughs) We'll figure it out one of these days. In the meantime, we're just happy you're here. And um, and if you want to send us money, sure. Whatthefolkpod at gmail.com. You can PayPal us. We'll take it. (laughs) here to kick us off is ned and wendy the band with their amazing song vulnerable i thought that i had figured it out by keeping out anyone who could get in
bitch fest slash processing fest this is the day I discovered that I did not get into law school and it's interesting because the email came in while I was meditating <laughs> so I was probably in the best possible state of mind to receive it when I did um, I was like alright well let's just keep on accepting things and moving on oh my god that's <sighs> been like the theme of this week man <laughs> Like, uh, I mean, about a week ago, I found out, like, a friend of mine just died suddenly in his sleep. Like, pretty young, too, yeah. in his 40s. So it's just, I don't know, I feel like this whole week, everybody's got just something come out of the blue and kind of hit them upside mm-hmm. the head. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's, I'm also processing the recent passing of a veteran friend, not quite as suddenly. It was a, I mean... We were all hoping that things weren't going to go that way for her, Mm -hmm. but, um, you know, 22 veterans a day kill themselves, so it's kind of the way it is, but it's, it's, you know, yeah, it's, it's a lot of things all at the same time these days. I feel like we're all like the our entire I don't know organism of earth is freaking out (laughs) yeah I mean I definitely feel like it kind of has been going in cycles for me where 
things will feel relatively calm and almost back to something resembling normal. Like I can fool myself into almost thinking I can go back to sleep a little bit and just kind of go through regular life motions. Like it's not the apocalypse on like a global Mm -hmm. and local and like personal level. But uh, then there's weeks like this week where it's like, no, actually, I can't keep up that facade. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and it's interesting because it's like, speaking of that facade, like, as I've been, like, waiting to find out about this school decision, and also, like, you know, part of the reason it took this long for me to find out was because of logistical snafus that I potentially could have dealt with like months ago if I had pursued like why I was getting these emails saying your file's incomplete Mm. when the school was saying that I didn't that I had everything complete blah 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 there was I think a part of me that was like you know we're in the fucking apocalypse like who knows how even like you know relevant our legal system is going (laughs) to be (laughs) (laughs) in the next few years like going to law school is I think was like a goal that and I would still I think I would still like slay it if I was given the option oh yeah I want you as my lawyer but (laughs) hands down right like I would like to believe I could do that but at the same time it's like I think that there there are different things to be focusing right on right now than like how to fit into the status quo <laughs> better you know like maybe this is um yeah, maybe this is me rationalizing but maybe it's like there's better uses for t- for all of our time and energy than like in trying to maintain yeah <laughs> and you know I feel like in the past year you know I've I'm the queen at like starting projects and maybe not quite seeing them through or maybe not quite you know, like putting a lot of work into something that doesn't come to fruition, but I'm sort of realizing that there's still value in just knowing like, yeah, I can sit down and pull all my shit together for like a massive job application to be a professor somewhere. Or like you could pull all that shit together for Mm -hmm. law school. Like it's, I think if nothing else, it's a good exercise for your brain. So I never feel like it's a wasted, a waste of time. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was, an important learning experience for me in like seeing what goes into that application mm-hmm. and what the LSAT is and like how it's probably better to not take it on the day that you're going to court with your landlord. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Which was what I did. <laughs> if we recall, I, recall. I basically, <laughs> basically getting, getting off of the, the zoom call with the court and, getting on to it with the LSAT administrator was like a whole mind fuck. And, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of value in like, you know, being able to work within the system like to an extent. And, you know, um, I don't know that I'm necessarily all that good at that. I wasn't good at it in the army. I've never been good at it since. (laughs) I have no idea how I managed to like go through Berkeley and all of that. I think it was like a fluke. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I barely am and I've managed to carve out a life for myself where I can kind of be on the edge of it a little bit and still kind of live my weird bohemian existence while doing a day job I find very gratifying. 
you know, from Mm -hmm. being a librarian. But, like, yeah, I mean, I'm not... I don't think I'd be fit for, like, any job outside of weirdo academia at this point. Unless it was just, like, a full-time artist. Like, I don't know where else I would fit in. (laughs) I mean, I think you you have, like, superpowers. You can fit into a lot of situations, I think. You're you're fucking slick Uh, like that. Thanks. And you're really smart. I don't give myself enough credit, but, yeah, I can kind of... Coyote trickster energy my way into a lot of spaces that I'm just, like... Wait, am I supposed to be here? Well, I'm here now. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> ta-da! <laughs> so, jazz hands for the appearance of adulting. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's it's interesting, right? Like we're we're kind of just like wandering around, bumping into things in life, like. I'm managing to, like, keep my shit together because the government pays me to stay alive, you know, like. That's the least they can do. Because I'm broken in the correct ways that it is assessed, it's worth paying me for. Um, But, you know, of course, all that does is make me think about how much bullshit it is that there isn't a universal basic income. And that, you know, that, that... Okay, for example, that it is expensive to apply for school. Why is it expensive to apply for school? Why did it cost me, like, nearly $500 to apply for law school with, like, the the LSAT and the fees for the academic survey report that I had to get the law school admissions council to send and then $50 for the actual application? And it's like... You know, first of all, that shouldn't be an expense that people should have. Um, But second of all, like, just above and beyond, if money has to be real, everyone should have enough. Like, it shouldn't be the case that we're, like, struggling in this fucking apocalyptic system where we're seeing more and more evidence of money not being real and then, like, still having to play pretend like it is. And I don't know. I... I may be rambling here, but like as as happy as I am to have the ability to live a life that is funded by the work that I did in the past, or at least the fact that I was mentally broken while doing that work, um, it just really makes me angry that everyone doesn't have fucking access to the funds to live, to pursue the shit that they're interested in, like there, there's no reason not to have that. Yeah, and I feel like people have some people have this weird idea that somehow that would stifle innovation. Or I feel like you would actually have a lot more innovation because people would be freed up from like, like the next Einstein or you know Marie Curie could be working three jobs right now just to survive. You know, exactly. Like imagine if they actually had the resources to do their thing. And, like, yeah, not only that, but, like, just imagine if everyone had enough time to properly rest their minds and bodies. Like, seriously, not even kidding. Like, and until I got to this point where I was getting, you know, 100% disability for PTSD, which was only a couple of years ago, you know, I was essentially, like, trying to struggle like every, like a lot of us are, even though I was still getting 70% disability. 
So, like, full transparency. Seriously, like, I think we should all be talking about how much fucking money we have access to in this society because it's bullshit that it's so different based on, like, merit and all yeah. that. But, like, the government considers 70% disabled um, with no dependents to be about, or at least it did back in the day, that, or back in, for the last, like, 10 years or so, to be about $1,700. I think they've adjusted now because inflation, they've, like, added, like, a tiny percentage, which is great. Still not enough, but whatever. It's it's great. Better than nothing. And 100% disability is almost twice the amount of money as 70%, which is also kind of fucking bullshit. Um, all these arbitrary percentages making us, like, prove that we're broken, right? Um, and, but aside from that, like... The United States government is responsible for, like, pretty much everyone's trauma at this point, (laughs) not just veterans. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, if we're looking at, like, do you have PTSD and is it because of something the government put you through? Like, literally everyone in this country and probably world could answer yes. Like, the United States government owes disability to fucking everyone. Probably. And... Like, since I've been on it, it has not slowed me down. Like, I haven't sat at home, like, watching TV all day. Like, I've been doing shit, like, this podcast or publishing my book or writing songs or working on my band or, like, you know, even considering going to law school, like, applying. Like, that was – it's not like I got that money and then I was like, cool, now I can be a fucking lump for the rest of my life. I was like, finally, I have enough time and energy to work on the things that I care about. And I have the resources to fund my life while I do that. Everyone should fucking have that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of me thought, like, I could go to law school and somehow, like, work my way up to arguing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you never know. Maybe <laughs> like, you still And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> Foiled again. Uh. Now I'll have to fight the fucking criminal system that is the United States government from the outside. <laughs> still. <laughs> Carry on, carry on. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I was, something you said earlier that, like, I don't, people get really weirdly hung up about the thought that some people might be, like, quote-unquote sponging off the system, and I'm like, like, there probably are people like that, because there's, but I mean, mm-hmm. I could argue that a lot of fucking billionaires are sponging off the system pretty damn well, so, you know. More, honestly. Yeah. Billionaires are literally the sponges. They are soaking up all of the labor value and turning it into fucking yachts that then orcas are sinking, which I'm very stoked about, other than the fact that that's where the money is um, going that should be paying for people's fucking health care. As long as the orcas don't attack the (sighs) cast of Below Deck, because I actually do enjoy that show. (laughs) Oh, I, I don't. I don't know. You're. I haven't watched that. But oh, like, it's just. A, I mean, maybe we could. It's about yeah. the people that work on the yachts. So you're kind of siding with the workers. Oh. And I feel like if it was something that I knew was an option, me and my buddy have talked about this. Like, if I knew that I could do that as a job when I was like fresh out of college, like that would have been dope. Because you make a bunch of tips. Oh uh, yeah. All around the world, but you know. That would be cool. I mean, you would be under the ocean, like, most of your time, mm-hmm. but that would not be necessarily wrong. No. Um, anyway. And you could you could be on Team Orca when the time arose, Yes, I would know, hope the Orca could. would recognize. 
<laughs> You'd be like, look, here, let me help you out with this rudder destruction, but let me get on my lifeboat first. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I didn't know about working on a text. You didn't know no, about No, I'm going to look this up. Oh, uh, really? I don't know how I find out about these. How do I know about that, but not about that? Uh, I don't know. know. Probably like, you're tuned into a more interesting channel than I am. Orca. I don't know. I mean, I, so from what I know, there's an orca named Gladys in the Iberian Sea <laughs> who has been recruiting other orca uh, to go and uh, capsize yachts oh by destroying their rudders. Yeah. And they've done it a bunch of times now. And it's it's like a clear that they're doing this very intentionally. They have a plan. Oh my god, I've even seen memes that are talking about how it's orchestrated. Ah, that's amazing. Whoa, I'm reading about yeah, this. Yeah, like Yeah, right? Okay, so fucking Team Orca. Um also they are the ones that are gonna outlive us after the earth is underwater. So they it seems like maybe they're getting prepped, but um, you know, all that Kind of a sigh. Yeah. I was like, it's a very so long, and thanks for all the fish, only it's the orcas and the dol- not the dolphins that we need to be keeping an eye on. I mean, I'm sure the dolphins are, like, involved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would be shocked if the dolphins weren't involved. So, um, yeah, on all of that, like, kind of tip, it feels like, you know, the Earth itself is acknowledging that, like, the way things are going is not sustainable. I'm looking around at, you know, the way life is and seeing people continue to blame each other and, like, supposed freeloaders who are poor instead of the freeloaders who are rich um, for all of their issues. And um, I don't know. I mean, maybe I didn't get into law school because I need to start setting up some public guillotine building workshops. Who knows? Is it guillotine or guillotine? Do we say it like the French or do we say it like the I think we should say it like the French, but... Guillotine. I've been saying guillotine. guillotine. People look at me weird. Guillotine. I mean, it's classier. Yeah, the guillotine. Le guillotine? It hasn't come up in Duolingo yet. I'm like, come on. I'm like two years in. I'm like, give me some le guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny because since we last recorded, I think I I got to go to a conference in Montreal. And I was just like, this is like the best of both Canada and France. And I want to live in Montreal now. That was that was the point of that story. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. I mean, I feel like even though I'm learning French, it probably wouldn't get me super far in Quebec due to their French being different. Yeah, plus I think pretty much everyone speaks English, you know, they're... Yeah, but, you know, it's nice. wouldn't it be great to not have yeah. to? French is cooler sounding anyway, <laughs> so... Yeah, also I really, I really like that you can kind of speak it without really opening your mouth for, like... Like, the best way to get your French pronunciation right is to open your mouth about the size of, like, the tiniest button. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. If you want to get your French pronunciation right, make your mouth into a butthole. <laughs> the, tiniest. the tiniest of buttholes. 
Uh, so okay seriously though i feel like we are we're the elephant in the room is that the pod has been kind of hiatusing for a while and um we're fine with that we're assuming that our what the folk fam loves us unconditionally enough to also be fine with that um and uh and we're gonna kind of re we're going to kind of work with our with our lives as such now, now that we're not like in the depths of the apocalypse where we're all home all the time. Um, and it's not as it's not as easy to schedule interviews and such. We're going to kind of keep this going, keep having conversations about the things that come up. We may or may not have guests um, but we will definitely keep making our way through the apocalypse. <laughs> Indeed. So, and yeah, you know, I personally never sweat it because, you know, there's a lot of people creating a lot of cool stuff right now. And I'm happy that we have been able to be part of that in some small way. Um, and, you know, well, Life doesn't want to stick to a regular schedule for either one of us. <laughs> oh, there's a cat. He's so <laughs> oh, big. Yes, and there's a cat who decided to... I know he's so big now. He decided to jump up on top of the desk while I was recording. And so now here he is. Look how big this dude is. It's a cat party. Cat party. Oh, look at the... Oh, Smokey and Bilbo. <laughs> She hates me. Well, she is gonna your new friend. scratch the shit out of me. She might try to attack him if through the screen. She hates other cats. <laughs> That's so funny. I love how he's just sitting here, like very chill yeah. now. Like I figured out a way to hold him so that he just sort of perches <laughs> and looks around. He's got his little butt, like just kind of propped on my arm. And his little feet on my other arm. And he's just like, yes, this is exactly where I'm supposed to little be. Little orange boy. Yeah. Oh, sweet baby. Bilbo, do you want to lick the camera, the, lick the microphone so people can see you? <laughs> no. We're going to edit this out, I'm yeah. sure. Or not. Or not. <laughs> Who knows? This is the new flavor of what the folk. <laughs> Rambling. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to talk about actual constructed ideas. In fact, we're going to have a whole conversation about yellow jackets that show that some of you are, I'm sure, as obsessed with as we are. Yes. Um, because it reminds me a lot of my reform school and the psychological issues that come from going through trauma as a teenager, as a young person, and um, being driven to psychological cannibalism there <laughs> yeah I mean I love that show just because I feel like I don't know it's really cool to think that the kind of weirdo girls in the 90s that were watching David Lynch and listening to Nine Inch Nails are like making culture now and I'm just super yes. here for it and the way that show kind of combines you know more like kind of Western ideas about how we deal with trauma and psychology with, you know, some kind of like esoteric spiritualism and black magic and things. like. I just think it's like such an interesting show. Yeah. So. Super much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't wait to dig in. So that's what we're going to do next time. What the folk fam. I just realized my microphone fell down a little bit. So that's what's up. Um, yeah. And in the meantime, uh, 
We hope that you're doing well out there, wherever you are. And um, I'm going to include some music. I'm not sure what. There's going to be some music in this episode. If you're in Portland, I'm going to be re-releasing in person the album I put out during um, the darkest season of COVID, December 2020. And, um, and I'm going to be doing that at the White Eagle in Portland on August 17th. So yeah, and and we'll hopefully uh, be be a little more regular here soon. But um, but we we're not gone. No, we're we're here. here sporadically, but we're here. If anyone's interested <laughs> in tarot, my um, tarot account is up on Instagram. It is Aquarian Librarian Tarot. Um, I'll include a link in the show notes, and I can do Zoom sessions. Um, uh, endorsement here for everyone uh, to go to reach out to Sarah for a tarot session because um, she does a great fucking job and always has great insight. And also, I think we all should just be being like more intentionable. Intentionable. Yes. <laughs> we should be more intentional about listening to our intuitions, which is, I think, what tarot is great exactly. for. Exactly. Um, you know. So it's essentially that. So, yeah, fuck this sort of system that keeps us constricted and keeps us boxed in and thinking that, you know, the only way to go is the capitalist way, the academia way, the gatekeeping Mm -hmm. way. And, like, you know, arms out to the system that is, you know, more based in allowing us to feel our feels and think our thoughts and, like actually communicate with each other man yeah (laughs) yeah i'm excited to you know maybe have more conversations about what that system could look like more conversations about cool art and stuff we're finding inspiring and maybe just you know learning about shit together (laughs) Woo! let's keep doing that so awesome all right thanks y'all we love you bye-bye what the Folk is co-produced and co-hosted by Sarah Baranowskis and Joy Damiani. Sarah is based on the native lands of Arapaho, Cheyenne, Ute, and Ocheti Shakoan tribes known as Denver, Colorado. Joy is based on the native lands of the Cowlitz, Clackamas, Confederated Tribes of Grand Ronde, and Confederated Tribes of Siletz Indians known as Portland, Oregon. Featured music on this episode has been Vulnerable by Ned and Wendy, the band, who are going to be guests on the pod in the near future, so keep an ear out for that. If you want to support the pod, please do subscribe and share us with all your friends and people who you don't like. Also, we're fine with you sharing with them. (laughs) Um, But more than that, just keep on returning to us. We're happy you're out there. And, uh, you know, we just want to keep building community in these strange, strange times. (laughs) We'll be back soon. And in the meantime, as always, don't let the apocalypse get you down.